started a new series entitled entitled The Nature of Love. The Nature of Love and where love originated from. And we read out of 1 John 4 that says that God is love. And so, so often when I read Scripture, and every time I see God in there, I think of love. And every time I see love, I think of God. So there, you, you can't separate the two because God is love. He is love. And we talked in that first message about the three basic categories of love. Friendship, romantic love, and divine love. And we defined those and went through those a little bit. And um, today I want to talk about um, understanding the love walk. Understanding the walk of love and, and what it really looks like. Because, you know, there's not... Anybody on the planet that hasn't heard the word love and understands has some form of an understanding of love, either from the, the, the friendship part, the soulish part of, of love, the physical part of love, or the, or the God, agape part of love. I mean, people have some form of understanding of love. And so, it's not something that people don't know about, but if you don't understand what the God love is really about, God who is love, and what that is and what it looks like, if you don't understand it and you don't learn to develop it, and we're going to be on this for a few weeks, if you don't learn to understand that, you won't understand much of anything else in life. Because we're going to read a scripture today in, in Matthew 22. We won't look at it yet. But in essence, what it says is that everything in life hangs on understanding how to walk in love and how to demonstrate love. Now, one of the things that um, is very is very challenging about this message is that the enemy will make sure that as you hear what I'm telling you today and, and I deliver information that will, that will address certain situations in your life, the enemy will make sure that the buts are connected to the end of what I say. And what I mean by that is that when you, when you begin to embrace what love is, all of the distractions and all of the, all of the reasoning in your mind will try to talk you out of the fact that that can't work or relate to my situation. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Pastor, but. I understand, I, I hear what you're saying, but. 
you don't, you don't know my situation. But that's why we're teaching this. When, when I first got born again, and I, I, you know, when I first heard about the love of God, I mean, I, I heard it, but I set it aside because I didn't understand it. And some of the absolutes that went with walking in love, I couldn't handle because it was too much baggage and too much stuff in my past, and there were too many things that had happened to me and too many people that had hurt me for me to be able to forgive. You know, it was like, well, okay, you know, if I, if I have to forgive, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. I'm hold on to that thing, you know. And so today, is, is, as we're teaching this, um, <laughs> several months back when, when God began to deal with me, because I've taught on this a number of times, when He began to deal with me about teaching on this again, man, I just thought, uh, you know, every, every time I teach on this, it stirs up all kinds of stuff. And, um, and I promise you, after you hear me teach on what I'm going to share with you today, you're going to be challenged with it. All of a sudden, your life will be a bullseye for the enemy. I mean, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you, you're going to be challenged. Because love, walking in love, goes totally against the stream that the rest of the world is operating in. It goes totally against it. doesn't make sense. And, and you and I alike can have all the different reasons why some of the things I'm going to talk about today don't apply to you because of how bad a situation could have been. But actually, actually what, what walking in love does is it causes you to be successful. All of, all of true success is wrapped up in the walk of love. Not just, not just the knowledge of love, but the walk of love. So, title of our message today is Understanding the Walk of Love. Amen? So, uh, <laughs> okay, you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not sure if you're ready or not. <clears throat> no. Okay, so I'm going to start with this passage in Acts chapter 7. And so I'm going to read different little pieces of Scripture here, and then we'll talk about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start with Acts 7 and verse 54. We're just jumping into this story, and then we'll talk about it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look... I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen. So this story is about Stephen. As he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60. Then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. 
And when he said this, he fell asleep. Who else can you remember that said this very thing? Jesus on the cross, right? So, the moral of this story is, (laughs) and this is one of the hardest things to really get, is that I mean, those guys that were stoning Stephen, do you think they knew what they were doing? But he said they didn't. When somebody does something to you, how many times have you said, they know exactly what they're doing? Hmm? The love walk is the highest form or realm of spirit life. When you can come to the place where you can say, Father, forgive them. They, they, they don't know what they're doing because they don't know what they're doing because if they really knew what they're doing, they wouldn't do it. They really knew who they were stoning here. If they really understood who Jesus the Christ really was, they wouldn't have done it. Father, forgive them. They really don't know what they're doing. It's the highest form or realm of spirit life is when you can have the attitude that people don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, but pastor, they know exactly what they're doing. Not really. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Highest form of spirit life is walking in love. So He said, In other words, what we're to do is, as we understand these things, then we're to walk it out and imitate God through the example of Jesus Christ. So the more, you know, one of the things that we encourage you to do around here, as as I've discipled people through the years, one of the things I've encouraged people to do is once a year read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because it's it's kind of the high court of Scripture of, of scriptural, you know, um, measuring or measurement because it's, it's the life of Jesus. He's the high court. He's the, he's the ultimate, um, uh, he, he's, the, he's the ultimate answer to life's problems. I mean, the rest of the scriptures are all God-breathed, but there's something about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and, and I encourage you on a yearly basis to read those and go over them, because every time you read them, you'll get something new and fresh. And he said, be imitators, imitate what Jesus did, and how he loved, and how he walked in love, and how he had compassion for people, and how, how he grew in that compassion in his life for others. 
Because people did him wrong in a lot of different ways. But he forgave them all. You know, actually, all of the people connected to him forsook him. Everybody let him down. But he forgave. Um, In John 15, we see something that is... It's, an, it, 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 it's another challenge in John 15 and verse 8, or starting with verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you to do. So we see here in this, in this passage, and this is what's really tough, is that walking in love is not an option. It's a command. I'm going to say it again. Walking in love is not an option. It's a command. And if you choose to obey the command, it's something that has to be developed. You know, It's not... It's not He didn't say this to put condemnation on you and I where we don't walk in love. But it's a command so that it can challenge us to remove all of the backdoor escape routes that we have or or excuses why we don't want to walk in love. Get rid of all the buts and just embrace the fact that if He said it, then I can do it. I'll say it again. If he said I can do it, then I can do it. It's not an option, it's a command. I can walk in love. I can do it. So look at 1 Corinthians 13. We read this the last time, but I want to read it again. I'm going to start with verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. True success in life, in anything that we do, comes from the walk of love. The walk of love. Walking it out. Now watch. Verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. 
Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Now, how many of these things that love doesn't do could you say that you've done in the last two days? I mean, how honest are we going to be, right? <clears throat> this God is love. So, let's read it like this. I won't read all of them, but just a few of them. God suffers long and He's kind. God does not envy. God does not parade Himself. God is not puffed up. God is not, uh, does not behave rudely. God does not seek His own. God is not provoked, and on and on. And at the end of this, God bears all things, God believes all things, God hopes all things, God endures all things, God never fails. You see? So what this passage is talking about is what God does. We just read a scripture that says, be imitators of God, right? So imitate God. So <clears throat> the next opportunity that you have where your tendency would be to be impatient with somebody. See, if, if, the whole, if the whole earth was just about you and there was nobody else here, there wouldn't be any reason to exercise patience because it would just be about you, right? And if you get rid of all the other people around and you don't have to deal with people, then it'll be easy. But that's not going to happen. So, if, if God is patient... And He's commanded me to imitate Him. And He's empowered me to be able to imitate Him. Then what I have to do is, I have to realize that I've got to practice every time that there's an opportunity. And my nature has been to practice the opposite of the nature of God. I've got to practice the nature of God. So, when I have an opportunity to normally be impatient with somebody, and see, don't, don't pick the people that are easy. Don't pick the ones that are easy that you know you can accomplish. Pick the harder ones first. The ones that really grate on you. The ones that all the butts are tied to. And remove the butts by practicing the nature of God. Practicing the kindness with unkind people. I mean, what's it going to profit you that you're kind to somebody who's kind to you? That's easy, right? And I'm not telling you just be ugly because you can, you know? But there's no profit in it because you're not learning something, you're not growing to another level. So everybody right now can think of somebody that grates on you in some way or another. Maybe it's me. But you can think of somebody that irritates you or, or challenges you in some area. Well, the next opportunity that you have, take that opportunity to do the opposite 
of what you would normally do. And the more you practice that, the more successful you'll become in every area of your life. That's not hard to figure out, right? The more successful you'll be in every area of your life. Now, So just, I'm just going to look at a couple of passages that enforce this, and then we'll end with, with one more passage. Matthew 22, Matthew 22, and what we're going to do in the next few messages that we teach on this is we're going to take these, some of these specific truths out of these scriptures and we're going to kind of dissect them a little bit. But I'm just giving you, laying some foundation here. Um, Matthew 22 and verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? They were always challenging him. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So see, what, what did we just get through reading that told us how to love God? We love God by keeping His commandments. Okay? But we love God by keeping His commandments to the place that His commandments are not grievous. They're not this, this like ball and chain, this thing we're pulling around. Man, I gotta, gotta, I gotta be nice to that person. No, no. It's when his commandments are not grievous. It's, it's when, see, because, because what his deal is, is he's trying to get us to, to remove all of these options that we've set up in our life. Everything goes good for you one day, you wake up on the right side of the bed. You want to be nice. Wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you want to be ugly. And, 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 and you'll, in, you'll, you, you will help yourself out in being ugly by justifying why you're being ugly because of what someone else does. But God's trying to deliver. He, he wants the commandment to remove the options. And He wants the commandment to be something that is really good in a part of you that, that you're not afraid of. Because see, by nature, most people don't like to be told what to do. So if I'm preaching this message to you, and I'm telling you that you've got to love your wife. Boy, Dale, if I hear that you have. <laughs> I mean, if it's like that, see... See, then there's this, grievy, this grievous thing, this, this heavy thing. You're, you know, you're, you're really ticked at your wife and you don't want to love her and you don't want to be a certain way or you don't want to act a right way to someone else. But the more you practice in individual given situations, doing the opposite of what your nature would do is where you get delivered of that. See, if you don't ever practice 
Things won't just go away. Th things won't just happen. You won't just wake up one day and everything will be transformed if you don't practice. I played competitive golf, and to be good at golf, you've got to practice all the time. And you, you can't just practice one day and then take off five days and then play competitively and expect to know what and have confidence in your swing. It's the same way. Every day you've got to be you got to be on it. And I'm teaching, as I'm teaching this message, I'm telling you in the days ahead, the enemy is going to be there to try to trip you up and distract you and get you to believe that, you know, what I said doesn't really relate to you in certain situations. And, and those situations will constantly hound you. And, and what will happen is you'll stay in a justifying mode, believing that it's okay for you to be the way you are and act the way you are because of what someone else did. But you know, man, that's what society does. That's what everybody does out there. Everybody's a victim in our society of what someone else has done to them. I don't want to live like that. I, 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 don't want, I don't want to live having to blame everybody else for why things don't work out with me. When I've got a plan here in this scripture, in this passage of scripture that tells me that if I love my neighbor like I love myself, and you can't love yourself if you don't learn to love God, because when you learn to love God, you begin to like you. Most people don't like themselves. So that's the reason they're ugly to their neighbors. But the more you like yourself because of the developing of the love of God on the inside of you in relationship with God, and you see yourself and you like yourself, then you're able to treat other people the same way. You can treat and handle the lives of other people in, in a more delicate way and the faults of other people, you can handle the faults of others like they were yours. Instead of being very judgmental towards other people in their faults and the things and the issues that they have. God's teaching us to grow up. We're here to save the world. Through the saving grace and power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're here to save the world. See, because you and I have been born of the Spirit of God, same Spirit that was in Jesus is in you and I, and now we're here to save the world that doesn't know the Savior, lead them to the Savior so that they can be born of the Spirit of God to help other people and help save other people from the destruction of their own lives. We're here to do that, but we've got to practice. Can you say amen? Um, I didn't read the rest of this verse. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that had been preached prior to this point and had been prophesied, it all, all whether, whether the promises come to pass or not, is whether we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. All of it. Amen? Now, Look at 2 Peter, and I'm going to end with this. I'm going to read this. I'm not going to read all the words, but I'm going to read this out of the Amplified because I like the wording of it, but I won't read everything. Be here all day. <clears throat> so 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. 
For His divine power has bestowed upon us all, th- all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and excellence. By means of these, He has bestowed on us His precious and exceeding great promises so that through them, through the promises, you may escape from the moral decay that is in the world because of greed and and become partakers say partakers and become partakers of what his divine nature which is what everything we read in 1 Corinthians 13 that's god is love and love is god and so if god is love god is all those things and we read in the first 3 verses of 1 Corinthians 13 that you can give everything you have, you can prophesy and be gifted and have all knowledge and everything else, but if you have not love, you have nothing. So all success in life is hanging on whether you and I develop our relationship with God and love God and whether we practice and develop the love of God on a day-to-day basis to where it turns into a walk of love. Something that we do and we live because we've practiced it. You know, when you practice something, it takes 21 days to break an old habit in the natural realm. On the last message that I teach, I'm going to give you a 30-day challenge about walking in love. I believe that anybody can change something in their life. And listen, if you become convinced that you can change an attitude or a mindset that you have towards someone else, if you see yourself change that, then you can change the next thing. See, God's always about one thing. He's never going to come to you about dealing with ten things. He's always focusing on one thing. Because see, if you'll deal with one thing, then you'll deal with another thing. And if we can learn to practice the love of God on unlovely people, there's no end to what can happen to the whole world. What if everybody sitting in here today took what I'm sharing with you today and took the challenge that I'll give you in a few weeks and you begin to practice the love of God on unlovely people, what could happen in the whole world? I mean, every night if you sit in front of the TV and watch the evening news, you see a bunch of unlovely people and unlovely situations ungodly situations sometimes you'll hear things that your mind just goes tilt and you can't imagine that a human being would do something to another human being and it's gotten worse and worse and the bible said it would said in the last days that darkness would cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the light (laughs) This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? I mean, really. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. wouldn't hurt you to sing that little song. <laughs> Who's the light? Jesus. But what are, who are we? Huh? We're children of light. And he said if we're children of light, then we've got to walk. We've got to be imitators of that. And the only way we can do it is to practice. You've got to get good at it. You have to get good 
at loving unlovely people and forgiving people that don't deserve it. Where would you and I be but for the grace and the love of Jesus? Wow. He chose. He chose. He saw me and He chose me. He saw you and He chose you. Amen? So, watch these next few verses. These are interesting. and This is why I'm reading it out of the Amplified. Verse 5. So, for this very reason, remember, it's through the promises that we become partakers of the nature of God. Okay? Now watch. And how do you do this? The next six verses will tell you how to do it and what it will produce. Watch. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop what? Virtue. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge. And in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. All these are attributes of the nature of God. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness or patience. And in exercising patience, develop godliness. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. See the process? See the things that have to be practiced? Now watch this. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound, where? In you. They will keep you from being idle and unfruitful. But whoever lacks these qualities, why? Because they're not practicing. They're not exercising. They're not developing it. People that lack these qualities, watch. This is, this is who they are. They're blind and spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to them. And what kind of person is that? It's not a bad person. It's just a person that most of the time is in fear and protecting themselves in self-preservation mode. See, but we read in 1 Corinthians 13 that God is never in self-mode. Right? Never. He always is in, in believing mode. He believes the best of all people. He hopes the best of all people. He endures to the end of every situation. That's what, that's what love does. That's what God does. And we have to make that a part of us. Who God is has to become a part of us so that we practice those things on a daily basis and not be spiritually short-sighted where all we see is us. Okay? Now look at verse 10. Because of this, be all the more eager to make sure of your calling and your election in God. For if you do this or if you do these things that we just read about right here, you will never stumble or fall. Everybody say never. You will never, in essence, be defeated. It doesn't mean that you won't be tripped up at times. It doesn't mean that things won't attempt to get the best of you. 
But listen, if you're practicing the love of God, I mean, you are success looking for some place to happen. That's what we read. That's what the scriptures that we've just been through today that we're going to dissect over the next few weeks. You're practicing the love of God and practicing loving unlovely people in unlovely situations that are never easy. Listen, if it was easy, somebody'd make a multi-level marketing scheme out of it. And I'm not against multi-level. I mean, you know, some of it's not good, but there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's not easy to love somebody and forgive somebody that in the natural you'd like to slap and take out. I know. I mean, you know, I'm not standing up here telling you I got all this down. I'm telling you, man, I've, I've had to practice some really difficult stuff through the years in loving unlovely people that it'd be easier just to take them out. But that's easy. It's difficult to love people and to forgive people and to endure with people and to, and to take and look at the faults of someone else and handle other people's faults like they were your own. See, because we want great mercy and love and compassion where we have shortcomings. A lot of times, our tendency is not to have patience for other people. And we want to be hard on other people. We want to judge other people for the faults of the things that they're working through. Listen, don't ever look at somebody and think that they should be over that. They should be over this situation. Don't ever look at somebody and think that they should be past that. You don't know how God's dealing with them. Never judge somebody else based on where you're at in a certain area. Because the tendency is to judge people in areas where you're strong. That's the tendency. But when you're reminded of what you've come through and what God's done for you, when you see somebody in, in, a, in a certain area that you'd think that they should be over, listen, you can pray for them. And be there and encourage them. And not judge people. And love people to the end of something. Because I'm telling you what, love never fails. People will always win. People around you will win because of you if you walk in love. Did you hear what I said? People, people will win because of you if you walk in love. People will overcome because of the love of God that is coming and oozing out of your life, other people will win. We don't have to live. You know, the, the, so, so much of the first part of my born-again life, you know, I rejoiced. I found myself at times rejoicing when bad things happened to people. This kind of made me feel better. Like maybe I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Yeah, you know, so-and-so. That bad thing happened to them, you know? And, and I, I found myself kind of feeling better. I don't want to be like that. 
I want to be able to rejoice when something good happens to somebody and they get free of something. They come out of something and they prosper and, you know, they won a million-dollar lottery and, you know, and you can rejoice with them and, and, and not wish it had happened to you. I mean, yeah, you want good things to happen to you, but, but being able to rejoice with other people sets you up for success. Because when you can rejoice for the good of someone else, you're next in line. It's the way God works. And, and, and that doesn't just happen. You don't just wake up one day just glad for all the good that happens to everybody else and it seemed like nothing happening to you. I'm telling you today, we can, we can accomplish great things by walking in the love of God and practicing what Second Peter chapter 1 said. Practicing and developing the nature of God inside of us. We can't lose. I'm excited about I'm excited about this message and, and what it has, the content that it has in it to deliver people's lives and to cause us to make a difference everywhere we're at because everybody in here goes in a lot of different places. We all go in different directions. We all come in contact with other people. And I'm just telling you, be aware of somebody that God's probably already dealt with you about, that He wants you to practice walking in love with. It may be patience, it may be kindness, you know, it may be, you know, not being rude. I mean, you know, we live in a society of people just, it's almost, it's almost kind of cool to be rude, you know? And uh, I, don't, I don't like rude. And people just like to be rude. And, and you may be rude. And you may need to be working on being, not being rude. And being kind and being nice to people. And sometimes that rude thing is, a, is kind of a camouflage that people hide behind. We don't, we don't want to be like that. We want to walk in the love of God. Can you say amen?